0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Investors Roundtable. I'm your host, Robert Kraft. You can follow me on Twitter, at Bobby K. Kraft, B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T. And we have, we, this is going to be our macroeconomics episode for everybody. You know, we do talk about some macro stuff every once in a while. But, you know, I think the number one thing that I'm asked um, by people who, who maybe not follow the markets on a day-to-day basis, uh, when they see, you know, uh, all the stimulus that just went out there, and are trying to understand what you know inflation means because it's talk or deflation, or reflation, all the all deflations uh, that are talked about on every news channel and financial news channel, and just trying to get a I, our goal today is to really get a better understanding of what this all means, and trying to give maybe a more clear picture of what why it's being talked about as well. So joining me to help out with this is Stephen Keel from Arquito's Capital and Gary Greeby from a creative and the host of In the Market Trenches podcast. And actually joining us maybe a little bit later will be Adrian Day from Adrian Day Asset Management. So gentlemen, thanks for joining me today. What's going on?
1: It's good to be here, bud. Yeah, good to see you guys.
0: Cool. All right. So the first things first is spell reflation. Okay. Who wants to spell? I'm just kidding. That's a terrible bad joke to start this off. But you know, just
2: <laughs> start- a dash in
1: the middle. I feel like after the re, we should have like a dash. That's what no I was dash? thinking.
0: I was looking up on InvestP the other day, and apparently there is no dash. But when I okay. sent out the invite, I put a dash. Ooh. And I think on an episode that I that we that I did with Gary for in the market trenches, I yeah. put a dash. But I don't know. I I may have just killed my own SEO. I don't want to SEO. go too deep,
1: but do we do m dash or n dash? Mm-hmm. I think we need to consult kind of the AP style here.
0: I think I think so too. Yeah. I don't know. Gary, you're being very quiet about this. I feel like you have an opinion on shit or no doubt. I, 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 I let
3: Microsoft Word just autocorrect me. So whatever they say, it goes for me.
0: <laughs> very good. All right.
3: Well,
0: well, uh, you know, to kick us off, I think it would be very helpful for those who are watching, because I want I want those who don't follow finance as as closely as we all do to at least get a, a big picture of like just, just clearly define it. What, what exactly is inflation, deflation, and reflation? So, who wants to start us off? Big old <laughs> that's,
1: definition. Not, that's not as easy of a question as you're asking. That's not as easy of a question as you're asking. Totally, i <laughs> okay.
3: for this. This is like my worst nightmare. I'm on a podcast, <laughs> I'm naked
1: from the waist down, and Bobby calls a quiz. <laughs> no, but you know, look, as an investor, um I'll, I'll take a crack at it here but it's not as exactly an easy question because the measurement of it uh depends on a number of different things you know the government has an official measurement and the way that the government uh, of course uh, uh changes that measurement it's you know for political reasons um <laughs> so you know they'll they'll measure certain uh certain products and things like that and and certain services um, rents and, and things like that. But, you know, one thing that I always thought was interesting was if uh, you, you go back, there was a thing, I think this was from the 1980s originally, where you had the uh, the Big Mac index. And so how much did a Big Mac cost throughout the world? And this was a way to show, uh, especially with kind of Soviet manipulation, <laughs> you know, uh, back, back when the Soviet Union was there. Um, and so how much did a Big Mac cost around the world? And that's how you could kind of determine, uh, both, you know, relative kind of currency and also changes and changes primarily came from kind of inflation and deflation and things like that. Uh, so I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but you know, essentially, um, you know, I think Buffett, Buffett kind of describes this well, historically of the effect that inflation has it's, it's kind of like in some ways theft, right? Because if your wages are not keeping up with the costs with your day-to-day costs, um, then you, you're, you're actually losing ground. You know? so, and same thing on the investment side. You know, if you have companies that are unable to raise their prices for their services at at least the rate of inflation, uh, then it doesn't matter if they're growing 8% a year, if inflation is 10% a year, right? Um, and you know, I think when you actually look at historical returns, you have to take into consideration the historical inflation rate uh, during that time period, because let's say the S and P 500, uh, you know, historically with dividends reinvested is about 10% or so, but that includes the time, you know, 1970s where you had a great deal of inflation and, and things like that. And that's why you get, uh, you know, stock market trouble during that time. Uh, so, you know, what's the definition going back to the original question? Well, there's a government definition, right? And then there's a real world definition. You know, there's people who are, um, In different income and asset brackets are going to be affected in different ways and and more proportionally disproportionately in different ways, and when you think of kind of a lower bracket right. uh, The gas, you know oil and gas inflation is going to affect you and food inflation is going to affect you significantly more than it would for someone in an upper income bracket. Gary, I'll, I'll pass deflation over to you (laughs) or reflation. I don't.
3: (laughs) I'm not sure what, I guess what we're going to get and when depends on your time horizon and what you think is going to happen. Right. And, you know, there's, you're smart to mention the varying definitions of what it is. I mean, I think first and foremost, at least for most people, it's a personal number. So, you know, it, You know, people's cost of livings are fixed to varying degrees. And then you've got government measures, which the government has an incentive to fool around with, uh, redefine, rebase and all this other stuff. And then there's, you know, just generally speaking, the amount of money that's out there. So like if we're just, you know, using money guns to fire money at Main Street and fire money at Wall Street. um, Well, that's that's another matter entirely. So it's. It's, um, in my view, it's a multi, it's, it's, it's sort of like an onion and you're just sort of peeling away the layers of it. And, you know, for every, every person, um, sort of in our view that their, their cost of living is fixed to one degree or, or another. Um, you know, if you look back over the last, I don't know, call it 25, 30 years, you know, inflation has basically come from two places, how you consume education, how you consume medical care and everywhere else it's been sort of there's been some in housing but beyond that it's been sort of non-existing non-existent um and so you know that's sort of like a secular regime that you're in where everything but those places you know prices have been tending to sort of fall either either they're staying the same and the, the goods are getting much better or they're actually going down in price and so
1: yeah
3: um you know, it's a it's a tough secular trend, um, and I think a lot of um, a lot of the government policy is around sort of keeping prices rising but very slowly. Now, the dirty little secret I think is that everybody in government I think likes a little bit of inflation, but not a lot. And so, um, you know, that creates an instant, an interesting incentive structure um, on the part of all the policy setters. So. Uh, you know how do you measure it i mean i don't know it's is it asset price inflation is it the, is it the price of goods is it the price of services is it is it any and all the above is it it's it's kind of a little bit of all those things and you know how it shakes out for people and how it shakes out in the economy or is whole. it
1: or is it relative to the price of like something like gold or precious metal or bitcoin or something like that you know and adrian i'm sure we'll talk about that but you know it's, if there's no perfect measurement based on kind of government uh, or or third party nonprofit you know organization kind of measurements do you use a proxy, and some people have used kind of precious metal or gold as a proxy.
0: Well, you know, let let's use let us let's steer it back to because you guys bring up a point. It was a very uh, it was a very you know, it was a, that was a tough starter question of everything. But I think but I think really where we where I want to take it to is trying to define what these terms mean. In our in in the current state of things, you know, you hear a lot about the mainstream news talking about how, you know, um, your dollar is uh, is is gonna be is it's gonna be worthless because there's so much money being printed, and and uh, you know, we had Chairman Powell yesterday talking about um, uh, how it, we're basically gonna be. Keep, I think he said something about keeping the interest rates the same and or if if they rise, be incrementally. But but I think they're more or less staying the same until 2023, you know, and so most pundits now say, well, if you're keeping interest rates the same, like, as a result, inflation is going to go up. Like what? Like when you hear this stuff, like how, how are you supposed to take that in? Like what does what that? What does that mean?
1: Well, that's way too simplistic, you know, because yes. you have a velocity of money issue. And if the money is not making its way into the economy, then you're not going to have inflation. So, you know, you, you've you got just because the money supply itself is increased. It's an indicator that there's a chance of future inflation, but that's not a guarantee, it's a chance and that could change for a number of different reasons. And so right now, really over the last, I'd say since the financial crisis, uh, you've had a great deal of, uh, you know, the money supply has increased a great deal. The Fed has, has, has done that um, and the velocity of money has not increased uh, much at all, and in some cases, kind of is decreased. And so, you know, if money is just sitting on balance sheets with the Fed or it's sitting in government bonds, uh, then it's not actually making its way into the economy. Um, maybe I mean I don't know. You know, maybe it does not making its way into the economy. Um, now we've seen, you know, it's been interesting the last year or so that you know we've seen. Kind of through these government stimulus checks, that's begun to, you know, there's probably been a Robin Hood effect because of some of these stimulus checks over the last year or so. And you know, as as cautious I am, as I am about the market, when everybody's getting fourteen hundred dollar checks here, uh, a lot of that's going to go into gambling, and <laughs> gambling yeah. today is is the stock market through Robin Hood, uh, and so and the meme stocks and things like that. So we'll see how how longer that continues. Um, you know, but, but there's no guarantee just because there's kind of an increase in money supply. There's no guarantee that that's going to be inflation. It's a possibility there'll be inflation over time. There's no guarantee. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, there's offsetting effects. And so we think about the technological adva- advancements and the fact that the birth rate has decreased so significantly. Um, and, you know, we have, we have some, some, uh, immigration, which is good, but look at Japan. You know, Japan does not have immigration, their birth rate is far below replacement level, and they have massive technological advancement. And so over the last 25, 30 years, they've had significant deflation. Uh, and that makes sense. You know, there's not as many buyers, there's not as many people to, even though there's more kind of cash floating around, so to speak, uh, there's, there's not as many buyers to drive up prices and the inputs on the items that would be purchased, the bigger ticket items specifically, have decreased. So, you know, you think about like an iPad or something like that, or think about, you know, actually, a good example is it's like a, a flat screen TV. You know, you can get a 50 inch flat screen TV for $300 today. And when they first came out with flat screen TVs, a 50 inch would be $20,000. And so, why is that? Well, the components, have decreased in in cost technological advancements and things like that. And so um, that's deflation, right? It's not bad. It's a good thing. Um, But, you know, so you have, you have things like that, but then flip flip side that to Gary made an excellent point, which I think we should get into a little bit as well is really big ticket items, healthcare, real estate. Um, We, the pandemic here has caused uh, real changes, I think, to those specifically healthcare, that I think there'll be long-term ramifications to, and, and that will affect um, kind of inflation deflation assessments in the future. Yeah, I think I,
3: I mean, I agree with everything that you said there, um, and I think that they were excellent
1: points. Um, I that's think because I said there, I, that's that's because I was quoting you.
3: <laughs> oh oh yes yeah. so, only only once though so that was to be uh clear. you, you, hum-
1: you humble bragged it gary <laughs> i agree with the points that i made
3: that you reiterated
1: <laughs> oh, brilliant
3: <laughs> no uh i i do think that um you know one of the best hedges against inflation is just simply to make to, to have a good and healthy lifestyle and, and even then at the end of the ed- you still wind up rolling in the dice on whether or not you consume a lot of health care because it's such a yeah. It's such a roulette wheel, um, but you know, you look at this stuff, and you know, you sort of alluded to this, um, you know, pricing power, and I, I kind of think that is, is you know, there's a there's sort of there's sort of this um, Pareto principle that gets sort of applied to the, it, it's it it must be some sort of it it's clearly some sort of natural law. Um, where you know twenty percent of the people are garnering eighty percent or more of the of the of the uh, benefits of uh, you know the wealth sort of flows that way it sort of naturally occurs that way the income sort of flows that way it occurs naturally and so my what I wonder you know if you're going to have inflation be more more of a more of a, a permanent thing you either need to ha- you need to have a few real structural changes and I'm not sure that anything is structurally changed at this point um so i think you need labor to have some bargaining power which they don't presently have um so you know the, the average laborer has no bargaining power and that's like a sad it's it, in some ways it's a sad thing in some ways like that's the natural order of things and maybe we've just embraced that to a larger degree than um but to the extent that the laborer gets some bargaining power well maybe then you do start to see higher prices creep through because they're going to be you know negotiating more money I mean you know you, you want to what they what the government did with these stimulus checks is they put money in the hands of people whose marginal propensity to spend is 100 so of course you're going to see that kind of move you know you send money to one of the four of us you know who you know um, you know you increase our net worth whatever I mean how, how much does that really move but you give it to somebody who's hand to mouth and that's, that's going to make its way through the economy so you know I think that there are things that are sort of um, there are reasons to think that it could come back, but though, but the reasons to think that it com- could come back are more political, I think, than um, they're more fed. They're more fiscal and political oriented than they are monetary, in my yeah. view. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the welcome, good, Adrian.
0: And Adrian's now here. This is actually perfect timing
3: with my it's next like, question. I'll cede the floor to Adrian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the froth
0: at the mouth about inflation uh, or the uh, fed <laughs> yeah no this is going to set adrian up quite a bit right here because you know one of one of the things that we that i've gotten from and and what we kind of started to talk about here adrian is we've kind of tried to define what inflation deflation reflation you know i first i started off by saying you know please de- just define it in general which clearly was a a great way to start it off but we decided to to be a little more specific and trying to find it as what it means right now and 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 steve and gary have done a pretty good job i'd love to hear your thoughts on it but also you know it, a lot of mainstream media that you're here covering finance will also it's like a fear thing that you hear a lot too like oh inflation's coming you know uh because all this money is getting printed and and uh, more money is now is being put into the hands of, of everyday Americans, you know, as a result of still what we're dealing with with the pandemic. So, you know, what, what what's your thought process on all this, you know, and, and how do you think about what we're seeing right now when it comes to inflation, deflation and reflation and interest rates and you know, Fed, everything. What do you think, Adrian? Go. My gosh, that's a big
2: question. So and, and wind, and them, I'm up. Sorry. wind them up. Wind them up. just, getting, we're already, we're just going to go? I what you've already spoken about. Um, I hope at some cha- some point I'll get the opportunity to give my uh, views on deflation. Uh, per your question, you know, but uh, your your the question you sent us originally. Hey
0: Adrian, real quick, can you just push your camera down a little bit? Because I, I I just see you talking right here. I'm okay. sorry. It, it Not
2: I come, so, yeah. A little bit. A uh,
1: um,
0: little, little lower.
1: Good pod. Good pod. This is good. good this is hot talk. <laughs> we're, no, that's we're,
0: we're, keep, we're, we're keeping this in. Thank <laughs> you.
1: There you go. There, you look nice. good, Adrian. Did you get you get a haircut? You look good. Oh well, thank you. Yes, yeah, get some sun.
2: Yes, I got a haircut. I don't know if I look good. <laughs> oh, no, um, you look good. So yeah, I mean, I think Gary was probably talking. He and I had talked uh, before about um, you know some of the different the different sort of mechanism of getting money into the economy now as opposed to two thousand eight nine, which is why I feel. I mean, I'm not sort of on this sort of rabid inflation side if 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 you want to call it that um but it's why I think we have a much a much greater chance of seeing increasing inflation over the next couple of years than we did after 2008 uh, for example and you presumably talked about that have you I don't want to just repeat it we haven't really talked about
3: that but uh, in your view transitory or, or more structural and permanent
2: You know, it's difficult to say. I mean, I think an awful lot depends on how long, how long the Federal Reserve continues with its current policy and how much of that money is sent directly to households and small businesses and gets spent in the real economy, as opposed to either going to money center banks or going to, uh, the likes of us, and and not really adding to to spending, so that's a sort of unknown. Um, yeah. uh, but I but I think so much money has been created, and that money has not gone away. It hasn't died and gone to money heaven. And so when the economy opens up and people start spending again, I think we really run the risk of of, of an acceleration in, in in inflation. I really do. And that could last, you know, that could last uh, a little while, uh, because, as I say, all that money, but, but has, uh, you know, that has been created, it still exists; it hasn't disappeared. Um, and and you know, once that gets into the economy, uh, I think we'll see inflation inflation pick up, and we're already seeing signs of that. You probably talked about that, you know, at, at the what well, commodities, for example, the prices are going up.
1: But I do think, and
2: and I'll stop here. but I do think it's important, and and stop me if you've already done this. I mean, to me, it's very important that we we look at what inflation and what deflation is. Inflation is not consumer prices going up. Inflation, consumer prices going up is a symptom of inflation, but it's not inflation. Inflation is the creation of excess uh, money, which is what we've definitely seen over the last few years, and that money goes somewhere. And over the last few years, it's gone largely into the stock market and other assets. So we've seen inflation in asset prices, not so much at the consumer level. But uh, you know, I'm very much at the camp that says inflation is a monetary phenomenon.
1: You know, and, and, and Adrian, and, yeah, yeah, I think you made you make a good point about how it's different from 09, because people were were very conservative coming out. Of that environment, and you know they're paying down debt, and they were not looking to spend, um, you know, considerable amount of money after that because there was still such the fear uh, and such an over overlay of you know whatever you want to say. Uh, there was a, such a, a traumatic effect, right, from from 0809, and so it took a number of years to get back to whatever normal is. And we've seen though with the pandemic here, look at what's going on in Israel right now. So they have all of the vaccination, such a high vaccination level. And if you look at some of the images there and what their day-to-day life has been the last couple of days, it's like a post-war celebration. Spending high, parties in the streets, parades, you know, things like that. And, and that's what we can expect, I think, throughout the world once there's a comfort level from the pandemic. And what that means is exactly what Adrian points to is spending, 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 <laughs> which did not happen in 09, 2010, uh, immediately after that crisis. And that difference is what could lead to some significant short-term inflation. Mike, I
3: guess my question is, is that like a cyclical phenomenon and is there some boom bust to that? And once it's sort of played out, it's played out. And like, are, are the factors that put the money in people's pockets, sort of once they've played out, unless there's new money showing up, does it sort of then then peter out? And I sort of wonder if to get it struck, you need sort of political alignment for it to be more of a structural phenomenon rather than maybe more of a cyclical phenomenon. I'm not so sure, but, you know, that's sort of what hangs in my mind a little bit as I think about it. I don't know about you guys.
1: Adrian, can I ask you this? When you talk about money, money not going to money heaven right? What about NFTs? What about digital currencies? What about all this, all of this kind of, let's call it excess money right now, are going into these non-tangible assets that could disappear at some point. And let's call it, let's call it money hell, <laughs> maybe not money heaven, but that literally could disappear. And is, is that how things self-correct? <laughs>
2: yeah, no, sure. that that's certainly part of it. But that's not by any means all of the money that's been created. You know, um a lot of it over the last twelve months, I think, has been used, you know largely to pay down credit card debt. Um, so unless the credit card, you know, unless the uh, limits were were cut, that money's still available uh, to be spent. Um, The other thing, Steve, I'd say the big difference between now and 08 is not just that the psychology is very important. And and you're right, there is. I mean, I feel this huge pent up feeling of people that they just want to get out and, and, as you say, party. In 2008, as you know, the money went largely to money center banks. It did not go to households. And so money center banks had. Carrot and stick, not to lend money, essentially. They had banking examiners breathing down their necks, wanting to look over every loan they made. Uh, they also had the Federal Reserve institute what I've called one of the most idiotic policies that the Fed has ever instituted, and that's a pretty low hurdle, but, um, and that was paying money on excess reserves. If you want to get the economy going, you do not encourage banks not to lend money, which is essentially what that policy did. And and so you could see it of 2009, really until 2016, um, you know, that there was a spread between what they could borrow from the Fed and what they could earn by depositing back with the Fed and uh, the money on deposit uh, ratcheted up. It's logical, it makes sense. That's not so that happening just, now. It's just a it was, way
3: for them to slowly earn their way out of
2: the balance sheet holes they created in the crisis, or that were created by the crisis. You said is well, well, precisely, but my my point is the policies, QE, and everything else in 2009 were not intended to get the economy moving. They were intended to help the banks. Yeah. That's the point I'm making. Um, yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, that's all the Fed does though. is it is it helps the already wealthy and the
2: already the people who already have money? I mean, more so than anything else? No criticism, no no, no dispute here. no dispute here <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I think if I may, I mean, I don't know if you've talked about this. I mean, when you talk about inflation and deflation, I think there is just such a misunderstanding. the Fed it seems so panicked at the very thought of deflation, and this comes, of course, from Bernanke, uh, you know, the famous student of the 1930s, who I think misunderstood the because, but that's a different issue. And they are so, for the, for the Federal Reserve to be promoting inflation, to be saying, we want inflation, we want higher inflation, to me is just so per- perverse when one of their mandates is to preserve the purchasing power of money. What they should do, instead of saying our goal is 2% inflation, they should say our policy is to increase the cost of living for ordinary Americans and see see how that goes down. Because that's the same thing. There's nothing benign about inflation. And on the other hand, if you look throughout history, If you look throughout history in all countries, deflation has more often been a benign phenomenon than a a dangerous one. Um, And and the reason we think of deflation as being bad is because in our minds, we think deflation equals 1930s, 1930s equals um, depression. Therefore, deflation equals depression which of course it doesn't, that's the most logical, the most primary logical fallacy you can, you can imagine. Um, and you only have to, you know, my favorite example is Britain. From the end of the Napoleonic War, 1815, to the eve of the First World War, 1914, you had a century of deflation, literally. There were ups and downs, but you had a century of deflation when the British pound was worth more at the end of that century the cost of living was lower, not just because of productivity gains, um, and yet that was a period of great economic growth. So deflation is more often than not benign, and can be associated with economic growth. Well, I, I, think, I think we need to separate. We need to look at deflation, inflation, economic growth, and recession, de- defla- depression, or whatever you want to put it. And there's four different things. So there's there's However, many ways that is that that can go. Yeah.
1: Well, I think I think the difference today, though, than than uh, kind of that period in the UK, um, who really wants inflation, right? It's the politicians who want to spend money, uh, who want to be able to borrow, and in order to borrow at low rates, for if we want to be really base about it to support reelection, to support their entrenchment, um, they, they need uh, to bo- both have low rates and also to have a little bit of inflation to your point earlier, a little bit not a lot in order to manage that over time. And so it's you know, it is a more kind of a personal selfishness kind of issue here, and that trickles over to fed policy too. You know, so I mean, from my perspective here, that's exactly what the goal is. Uh, A little bit of inflation, uh, increased government spending, particularly on borrowings (laughs) as opposed to taxes. Um, And and, you know, we've seen this that, you know, with Fed bond buying policies as well that supports that. Um, But the question is, can that be managed right by the Fed? Can it be managed by Treasury Uh, long term? I think. The answer to that is no, it cannot be managed, but in the near term, it has been, you know, so how long can that last? But the incentive is not an overall incentive. The incentive is a personal, you know, career protection. I I, I think about it a little differently than
3: that. I I think that these people, I mean, Adrian, what Adrian said was actually, was was correct, but I, I, in the, in the sense that that's what the mandates are, but, I don't think that people, uh, like as market participants, we need to put our shoes, put ourselves in the shoes of the actors in order to understand how they might behave. And so there's a disconnect between what somebody's mandate is and the incentive and the incentives under which they're going to behave. And so I think what they're most afraid of uh, is volatility of the business cycle and mostly volatility on the downside. And I think the leverage that's built up in the economy makes them so terrified of this deflationary beast because falling prices means that you have to liquidate the bad debts and nobody wants to liquidate the bad debts and so. That's what I think that they're afraid of are they correct to be afraid of that I I don't don't, that's how i'm not smart enough to really know that, but um, I, I do think that that's what they're afraid of um. And, the, and, you know, Adrian, I think I said this before you came on, but everybody, the secret is that everybody, the dirty secret is that everybody likes a little bit of inflation because people don't, people know if their taxes go up, they're getting their money taken from them. If inflation goes up a little bit, it's a little here, a little there, and, you know, it's hard to piece together what it is, you know, that's easier to deal with psychologically than, you know, Joe Biden just raised my taxes or so-and-so just raised my taxes. Yeah, it's just or
1: taxes that. in another way, right, in a hidden yeah, way.
3: Yeah, so when I, so it's like, I, when I look at like all these spending that's going on and the debt stack of the US government, I find it's, it's not credible to me that, that that spending ever gets paid for through the tax code. Like that's not a credible thing because uh, I think the things that you would do to address it through the tax code would probably cripple the economy. And so if that was a an, an, an sincere goal, I don't, I actually don't think that that's possible. And so I think that it ultimately does need to get through, get, get dealt with through the Federal Reserve's balance sheet. And I just think what we're gonna see is permanent expansion of the Fed's balance sheet. It's not gonna run off from here. It's gonna get bigger and it's gonna get even bigger and bigger over time. And that's how all of this is gonna get spent spent and financed. I mean, they are talking right now about an infrastructure bill that I, I'm very skeptical gets done because it's gonna have tax increases attached to it. And, Try campaigning for reelection on tax increases. Like they're gonna, you're gonna get run out. Of, they're gonna lose control of the of the the House and the Senate if that's what they do. So it may happen, but they'll except, lose control.
1: Except except only 40% of people pay taxes, right? So now we're below. Yeah, pressure. but it's the narrative, right?
3: It's it's well, the narrative of this is what you're campa- campaigning on. So it's like-, like those
1: are the more, most influential people, I guess, you know, in terms of money raising and PACs and other things like that. So that's the flip side of it, but yeah. Yeah, no, I I think,
3: I, I think that that's that's a fair comment, but most of most of the time when you have one party in power, they tend to lose in the midterms. And so I wonder if we're gonna, if, I wonder if your, run, your runway on this MMT thing, experiment that they're embarking on, basically that's, that's the end point in it and that's the runway you have because people like divided government more than they like unified government. And so I I have a lot of questions about transitory versus permanent, but I kind of think that um, as I look at the debt stack and everything that's going on, I, I just it doesn't seem to be to be solvable without really hurting the economy. And so I don't see any way out other than financing it through the Federal Reserve balance sheet. How and when we get there is another, is another matter entirely.
0: Yeah. So uh, another question I have, you know, to you guys, I mean, all, all these answers have been great. I, I'm learning quite a bit because uh, I, I missed, you know, this entire, you know, semester in a macroeconomics uh, class. Yeah, did
1: we learn this? I'm not sure we learned this in college. <laughs> I mean, I remember now, again, I went to a state school, so don't don't give too much credit to me. And I'm a lawyer, not a, you know, I didn't get an MBA. So um, I, I might have missed this entirely, but I don't remember an inflation discussion <laughs> In kind, my God. Yeah, all, all of my professors
3: were bow tie wearing Austrians. So I'm supposed to froth at the mouth about the gold standard. So if you if you guys could seat the floor for about five minutes so I can do that. Yeah, be, well, uh, I mean, I went to George sure. Mason
1: Law School, so I guess I had the same thing there, right, so.
0: <laughs> sure, we, Gary, we'll seat the floor.
1: Yeah, no. right, let's hear it. Like, tell yeah. me about Hayek. Let's talk about Bastille. Uh, guard <laughs> and uh, the Mises School, yeah, <laughs> the Mises, Mises. And all of that
3: stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the irony there, though, right? You know, you know go go back and and uh, who would be better at investing, right? And that's what that's what we need to worry about. We can have all these macroeconomic opinions but ultimately it's what works. Uh, Keynes' record managing
3: the uh, was it the Cambridge endowment was pretty pretty damn good I thought.
0: So <laughs> yeah, it was
1: excellent.
0: <laughs> well here's here's the big question then because uh, again, you know the main reason I wanted to have this conversation is because you know I'm having a lot of people, you know friends and family in my life who see the mainstream news, you know inflation coming, you know you got to put your money to work because the value of the dollar is going down and stuff. you know how should, how should the everyday investor, everyday person that's worried about the value of their, the money that they have in their bank accounts, how, sh- what, what should they be thinking about? You know, what's the equation they should put together and not necessarily how they should spend their money because, uh, you know, we're not, you know, we don't want to, uh, this is not, this is not a uh, consult, consult your, uh, your, your own advisor, all that, you know, all that good disclaimer stuff Yeah. You know,
1: but, but, but how should they be? Thinking My advisor about is Roaring Kitty. If you guys- <laughs> <laughs> or in kitty on, on Twitter, uh, because he's he's done phenomenally well the last two months. And so that's who I'm following.
3: <laughs> yeah. If you want my, my view on it, if you're worried if you're truly worried about inflation and particularly like 70 styles inflation, the best thing that you could have is a 30-year mortgage of three percent.
1: Even better. I can I can one up you, Gary. What you want is a 30-year student loan at two percent, because at some point during the time period. It's going to be forgiven. paid off by the government anyway.
2: Yeah, and they'll <laughs> That's probably what I'm give they'll give you 110 percent of the loan, like they're doing with the minority farmers. Right. Don't quite know <laughs> how that works, but anyway. Well, yeah, I mean clearly, if if, if if you're going to enter clearly, if you're going, we all know this, but if you're going to enter a deflation, uh, sorry, if you're going to enter an inflation period, uh, you don't want to be a lender. You don't want to buy bonds. You want to you want to have debt to to the extent as you, Gary just mentioned to the extent that it's you know affordable. But you want to ha- you want to have debt. You want to be a debtor. You want to own gold, obviously. You knew I'd say that. Um, but also stocks. You know, the stocks tend to do well in an inflationary period as well. Um, and to the extent that the U.S. has worse inflation than the rest of the world, you want to be in foreign currencies but that may or may not be the case. So, you know, you know, the recipe for surviving an inflation is is reasonably reasonably straightforward. Golden hard assets on the one hand, not debt on the other hand, but be in debt.
1: And especially, you know, companies that have pricing power, right? That really have strong pricing power and so to identify those uh, when you talk about, you know, a well diversified portfolio in an inflationary period, you know, Adrian hits it on the dot. And, you know, so this is this is the time to kind of uh, I don't know if this is the time or there'll be a time in the future here if you want to anticipate it. Uh, but, you know, what companies actually, you know, have to have this strong pricing power that can get inflation plus, right? Because these companies do even better <laughs> because they can take the level of inflation, they can add a little bit more to it. And, and it's rising faster than their costs. Uh, historically, you could look at things like alcohol right beer companies you could look at soda soft drink companies um you know you could look at advertising companies and, and things like that so what can you do today uh, i don't know i'm gonna to have to think about it a little bit more quite honestly. i actually
3: think the pricing powerpoint is a good one and it's probably true in both environments because what's good in, a, in an area and you know being able to hold prices firm or even raise them when prices are declining. I I think that's maybe even theoretically more more valuable in a deflationary environment than an inflationary one. But it's valuable in both both environments. I mean,
1: yeah.
3: For me, like we run portfolios of individual equities for clients, and and my probably my most important input is who sets price and how. And like, you know, if, uh, you know, if they wake up in the morning and say, "Mirror, mirror on the wall," what does Buffett say? If I wake up in the morning and say, "Mirror, mirror on the wall," what do I charge for Coca-Cola today? You know, that's good. <laughs> if you have to say three rosaries, that's bad. Um, you know, that's probably the most important thing I would say. And I, I if I could throw one more on top, I'd just say generally speaking, low capital requirements, just so you don't have to reinvest and buy assets at at rising prices to to grow the business. But that's really it.
1: Yeah. But you know, to your point earlier, Gary, I think, you know, where does this start to break, right? We don't have a lot of inflation right now, depending on your measurements, but you know, we all have a uh, have an opinion that it's possible and it, it could be- uh,
3: I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm, not even, I'm not even sure necessarily that I agree or disagree with the statement that we have a lot of inflation right now, like-
1: No, I'm not saying we do. I'm saying we- I, I'm
3: just like, it's such a we,
1: crazy world. Oh, you said we don't. don't. Oh. I'm saying we don't, yeah, we don't. Yeah, But, but it could, it's this possibility of coming swift and you know, why is that? And when you talk about, and, and this is what we could see over the next couple of years, is these kind of high minimum wage um, requirements and laws getting passed, not only throughout the states, but if we have a $50 minimum <coughs> wage passed uh nationally, uh then, like you said, labor has a little bit more power there. And it's I don't, you know, I don't buy the whole argument overall kind of labor versus capital. But in this case, look, the inputs, the costs are going to rise. And if there's still demand, um, we're going to, we're going to have an effect there, you know, I and mean, you're just, you're just going to have higher, higher prices. Well, certainly the
3: regulatory is going to, that could, could factor it in. You know, like I'm, you know, I've lived through enough markets where I remember when Democrats were bad for oil, but as I look at energy stocks, you know, they've practically doubled since, uh, you know, election day. And like, you know, and, and that's because Democrats are going to do what Republicans didn't, which is regulate supply on oil by, you know, you can't do the Keystone pipeline and all this other stuff. And like, they're gonna take they're gonna deal with the supply side of things. Um, you know, and maybe the same is true for wages and collectivizing on labor and, and all of this other stuff. I think I just think it's hard to say, right? Like it's it sort of just remains to be seen whether it it winds up being something more structural. Or if there's a minimum wage of 15 bucks an hour, you know, do you substitute capital, which is abundant for labor, which is getting more expensive? It's
1: Well, so that's, that's a thing. And you go back to the discussion about Japan, right? Everything that's good and gets automated, right? (laughs) And you have kind of a higher structural unemployment rate, but that's fine because in the US, then I'm sure the next step would be an Andrew Yang style kind of minimum payment (laughs) to people who are displaced. Uh, So yeah. You know, it's hard to say. And that's the problem with macroeconomics. There's fifth, seventh, 15th, 20th order effects. <laughs> that's uh, very difficult to predict because well, nobody, nobody crazy thinks crazy.
3: about all of the unintended consequences of all the decisions that get made. And that's, right. that's the key. That's the, like the key issue. It's, it's not right. the things you know are going to happen. It's the things that you never think of. I just sort of, I, I do wonder if, if we do get a minimum wage, you know, at some point in time, do you, do you do what Bill Gates suggests and tax robots? And uh, you know, I don't know. That stuff seems to be a little bit, That seems pretty progressive for me, but that's, <laughs> who knows?
0: Adrian?
2: <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs>
1: okay, I just end now we're in the taxing robot stage of the conversation, yeah, no, that's, right? That, but,
3: that's but, that's yeah, that's fine. Well,
0: now, let me tell you about how he's going to put microchips
1: in all of us.
3: And,
0: uh, well,
1: that's the thing, right? Then if, if Gary is 10% robot, you know, what do we do? Say,
0: how do you why. know that we don't already have the chips? In the- <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: what
3: this, that's what this vaccine is. You didn't know that? What, uh, why that's,
1: are we in the simulation here?
3: I'm, I'm, I'm diving deep into QAnon. I just want to be part of something. Wait. So is
0: that why my basketball shot was much more mechanical than it was than it was fluid recently? Is that, so that Curry. You know, that's really that's Jeff really Curry's
1: partial partial robot there? <laughs> <laughs> that's some good
0: stuff. All right. Well, okay. Let, we're we're rounding the is it, is it
1: is it Bobby? Is it good stuff? Is it?
0: You know, it's <laughs> it, it it is. It's it's good and it isn't. You know, it's it's. I feel like I've learned a lot today, but at the same time, it's you know. I think the one thing I probably I mean, I've taken away a lot, but one thing that stands out for sure is anybody listening to this and then also watching mainstream stuff, just maybe do a little extra digging into what, you know, don't just listen to the sound bites, learn, listen a little bit further as to what, what some of this means and maybe why some people are are saying some of the things that they are, you know, you know.
1: Yeah. And I think, look, I mean, try to protect yourself financially either way right? Yeah. So, you know, so so Gary made the, the excellent point that where do you want to be, right? You want to have a reasonable amount of debt. You know, you want to have the 30-year mortgage. Um, you want to have, uh, and, and across the board, Adrian had some great suggestions on what a portfolio might look like. And if inflation doesn't come, it's fine, you're still in good shape. You're doing just fine with with that type of approach. And if it does come, Um, you know, maybe you're thriving even a little bit more. So, you know, how can you protect yourself across the board? The problem is if you watch the mainstream media, first of all, you're psychologically harming yourself, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so, so why do that? Why self like kind of whip yourself in the back, you know, Um, and, you know, understand that that's entertainment, not news. And then you look at all the kind of the ads associated with that you know okay let's buy a gold coin that's been marked up a certain amount of (laughs) amount you know no go go if you're gonna buy gold if you believe that's a part of your portfolio you know don't listen to the ads that are showing up in some of those media uh companies go just just buy gold directly you know um so i you know look i think there's ways to protect yourself hedge hedge uh you win tails you don't lose too much or if at all and uh, to Gary's point, you know, you own a company that has strong pricing power, you're probably going to do well
2: in any any environment. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the big problem I see with inflation, this is the obvious point, is that inflation has a habit or can have a habit of getting out of control. You know, you can't wish for 2% inflation, then wish for 2% average inflation without expecting it to maybe uh, get out of control from, from you. Um, and we've seen that. more And when I say out of control, I mean I'm not talking necessarily about Argentina or Zimbabwe or the Bahama Republic. But you know, even in the 70s in, in in the US, people did not expect inflation to go as high as it did uh, during that period. So you know, wishing for a little bit of inflation, I think, is a is a pretty dangerous thing, to be honest. Um, because I know, if you look at it in absolute terms, you could say two percent isn't a lot. But you, you know, if you had two percent inflation every year and it just stayed at two percent, that means over the course of a generation, you lose what thirty percent of your. I, I can't do the math quickly. I'm sure Gary can. Rule seventy-two: like, in thirty-six years, you lose half your half your purchasing power. Yeah. So that's to me, that's pretty significant. That means I'm 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 you know trying to save for my kids. And at the end of that period, I have half as much to give them. Um, so I, th- you know, I think I think even a little bit of inflation is 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 not something we should look for. I, I I just don't see people feel better during inflation. You you know you've all said that obviously. I mean, we we get pay raises more easily, and if we're selling things, we can raise the prices. And you know, as stocks go up and gold goes up and everything's going up, it's what Oh, the value of my house has gone up. So we think we're better off, but we're not better off. Whereas in a deflation, when the purchasing power of money is going up, we are actually better off. Our savings are worth more.
3: Yeah, you know it's funny. I've been reading some. I've been reading some, uh, you know, history, economic history from about hundred years ago. Um, not because I think we're going to relive, you know, Weimar Germany or anything like that. But people in the Weimar thought they were getting rich initially. You know, they, they thought that they were, you know, getting wealthier and that that turned out to be a big mistake. And I don't think that this is headed there, but it's worth noting that, you know, people were fooled in that way, at least initially, and then you know, god that they hope wish it was something different.
2: No, you know, so- the
3: circumstances that created that whole setup are, are completely different than than what we have today, but it's yeah. it's worth knowing the psychology behind it may not be
2: it's noteworthy to 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 observe this some of the psychology in the beginning i know i agree with both points i don't think we're in a baimar situation at least not in a foreseeable future but i yeah i agree i mean every in, in all these inflations people have felt better off at the beginning and you know let's face it germany even after the first world war you know germany was a sophisticated intelligent wealthy liberal, um, other than the anti-Semitism, it was a liberal society, they had culture. You know, it wasn't some backwater like Zimbabwe. I mean, it was a real first world country. And yet they got into that mess. It it can happen.
3: Yeah, but I mean, the the rest of the the winning powers tried to enforce a gold standard war reparation and it just blew the whole damn thing up, right? Uh,
2: Yeah, absolutely, no question. No question. Yeah. We don't have any, my point is we don't have anything like that right now. Like that's. I don't disagree with that at all. No, I'm not. Yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. All I'm saying is inflations can get out of control, especially if you continue to print money and whether, I'm not saying that means Weimar, but it might mean a 70s style inflation.
0: Very good. I think that will, I think that's probably a good place to end it. I think we covered pretty much you know, all of uh, all my questions, at least, you know. Uh, I, now I'm I, depressed. <laughs> now you're depressed? Why?
3: I don't know. Something about the whole conversation is just depressing to me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well,
3: let's, get, well, let's
0: get your spirits back up. How can we get your spirits back up based on what we're, what we're uh, where we're currently at? What can we do, Gary? I don't know.
3: It's just some Wall Street Bet swag or something. I don't know. I've been ordering <laughs> Etsy, Etsy knows me. I mean, <laughs> the stuff that's been coming for me from Etsy is just, fast and furious so dude
0: i'm missing we're missing your attendees poster right now that's a shame next time we do this you got to be in front of your
3: attendees poster i'll be in front of the attendees poster because then all you have to do is just okay all right we're
1: good uh, you know yeah it'd be great though you got adrian with his background conservative management right in speculative markets and then you've got gary with a bunch of like chicken tender things in his background uh, talking about YOLO bets. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me see if I can get my attendees poster out.
3: Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, like basically, anyone who's listening to this in audio only should should then switch over to at least take a quick look okay, at yeah. YouTube here and see Gary's smiling face in, in front of uh the Wall Street Bet logo. Um and what I'm sorry, what are you what are you recommending to your clients, Gary? <laughs> anything but anything but the
3: Wall Street Bet stuff. Uh, I mean Turn it upside down. Yeah. Reverse, try, reverse. To try to avoid it if you can, but I, I I've been, but I've been accumulating things to commemorate the period. So I've got a wall street that's attendees poster. I've got uh, some, some of the, some of the emoji stickers coming my way. And you buy a Tesla? Uh, no, but I'm going to get some Tesla swag. Uh, and then, uh, I've got an arc invest half zip to my house. Oh, that's so, good. I, was trying, I was just checking on where that was. Cause I want
1: to, I want to get it while it's still available. That's good. That's good.
3: I was thinking of getting
0: some NFTs, actually, of, like, to commemorate the time period. I'm still trying to wrap my head. I'm going to do an episode on NFTs at some point. Should I do an episode on NFTs? I don't know. I feel like, I, mean, I, I feel, just, just to get know, a, it. yeah, just to, yeah, funny. Just to, just to get some, I just to understand it a little bit better, because I still don't. I'm still I'll tell you like what, you're I think do if you to do that,
3: you need to find somebody that, A, understands it, and then B, is bullish about it, and then find somebody else for, like, I don't know. Maybe not me, but like somebody who's like, "What the hell is this?" and and why are you spending, you know, sixty nine million dollars on a Meepo uh, or what is it, Beepo? Or Meepo? What? I don't Beeple. even know what it is. The Beepo thing.
1: Yeah, I've got no. a buddy, Bobby. I'll hook you up. He's an art buddy, and yeah. uh, he's he's been deep into this. And and uh, let's say I I don't exactly trust his financial sense, so he he might be your bull. <laughs> <you're fair> <laughs> listen as a for
0: as a card collector back in the day like trying to understand the nba top shots were like yeah. it'd be one thing if you could buy it and then like you can collect some kind of royalty every time it's played somewhere that's kind of cool and really interesting but like you're just buying the, the i just don't it's i'm, I'm uh, trying you, you to have the right to it.
1: be able to say you own it that's that's it yeah um, like that but, but no other rights Look, we're just burning, we're just lighting money on fire at this point. That I mean, this is to Adrian's point. There's so much liquidity out there. We're just taking dollar bills and lighting it up, just just for no reason.
0: <laughs> I just, yeah, I just, I, I don't understand that. Side. Well, listen, let's let's uh, let let's uh, end things here. You know, if you guys want, maybe some final takes, and then also where people can go and find more information. So, Adrian, your your final thoughts, and how we can make. How about this? Our last question: How can we make Gary feel better? and then where people I mean, can go and find- How to make Gary feel better about our conversation and uh, and where people can go and find more information about you.
2: I don't know about how we make Gary feel better, but um, <laughs> the final thought is the one, I, one I've given. Be careful what you wish for if you're wishing for more inflation. And how to get hold of me is Day, Management.com.
1: Very
2: good.
0: Gary, do you feel a little better? Oh, I mean, you know, um, we made some gonna jokes,
3: gonna go, talk tendies. Ten d, you know, I'm going to spend a few minutes perusing the thre- the Reddit thread and that'll make me feel a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually, I enjoy the Roast Me thread more than I like the, the Wall Street bets thread. You ever seen the Roast Me thread?
0: No, I don't have to
3: check people it out. People post pictures of themselves and they just leave it to Reddit to roast them. <laughs> oh, and awesome. oh my goodness, these people are creative. And it, it's all the creative. It's it 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 combines all the creative and mean juices of the internet into just one glorious thread. So that that makes me feel Definitely. a little better.
0: Okay, good. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to check that out on your behalf. And everybody, you can listen to uh, Gary and Eric's podcast. Uh, Tip to trenches. my partner
3: Eric for mentioning the roast me thread. <laughs> there you
0: go. <laughs> and uh, check out their podcast in the market trenches. It's also on the SNN Network YouTube channel. Uh, get you know, Gary. At some point, you're gonna have to promote your Twitter, uh, your your Twitter handle. Uh, I'll leave that. I'll leave that to you.
3: I'm just mostly lurking on Twitter at this point. I I, I don't want to get knee deep into the, to the the, Fair the mud
1: fight.
0: Fair enough. All right, Steve. Now it's your turn. Make Gary feel better, and where people can go and follow you on uh, social media. Yeah,
1: look, it's just not possible, right? I mean, nobody's gonna be able to make Gary feel better. I think that's <laughs> what we're. <laughs> Yeah. this is this is just his his he's a bit dour you know this is his person I've, i gary i think we first maybe met like i don't know eight ten years ago or something maybe online talked to the i think we talked we maybe ten, ten years changed. ago and then i that, i can't remember the first time we met but yeah i, I he hasn't changed uh, negative really thinking <laughs> <laughs> it's all a facade you know back at home he's he's like the most bubbly kind of uh optimistic guy and and uh you know, but, but here, here, here publicly, he's got to put on this persona. And the reason he's got the persona is because, you know, being negative and being critical about the markets, that's how you raise money. You know, there's so many different reasons that you can go out there and you say, well, look at all the million things we're in these bubbles and all these things could go wrong. And so, Invest with me, you know. That's kind of how it works here. It's a, a pessimism sells more than optimism in the market, so that's that's okay. There we is. go. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Makes a lot but of sense. Yeah, yeah. He's the Jeremy Grantham of the podcast world here. <laughs> Ooh, I'm not quite that pessimistic. Oh, that well, guy, there, you've been. <laughs> no um tell me about the hindenburg omen uh, but all right well we'll move on here we'll do we'll deal with that another another time but uh, i've been on clubhouse fine we can we did a we, willow oak funds uh did a, a clubhouse happy hour the other day it was a lot of fun um so i'm at arquito's a-r-q-u-i-t-o-s find me there and uh, you can find me on twitter Stephen keel uh, steven underscore keel um and uh, happy to have some conversations there as well yeah, definitely do that again
0: i'm sorry i missed us i got your ping but i i I forgot what it was. yeah i'm on clubhouse too ping give me
3: give, give me a ping i want to i want to get in on your next clubhouse conversation uh, adrian
0: does too yeah
1: you gotta you invite know, adrian on, on
0: he's not on twitter know. but we'll get him on clubhouse
1: you won't get, get
2: me, me on,
0: on twitter, twitter good conversations yeah. <laughs> all, all, right, well, all right well all right <laughs> with that guys thank you for so good. <laughs> All right, guys, well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate it. I learned a lot. I hope everybody listening learned a little bit as well. And
1: we'll uh, catch you guys next week. Hey, actually, let me, before you to sign yeah. off here, I'm thinking, it, well, let's talk about Clubhouse for just just 30 seconds more Go. because, um, Adrian, we're going ha- to get you on Clubhouse because we're going to uh, start up a room uh, about Puerto Rico. And so we've uh-huh. got dozens of people here who've been begging for it. And so i'm going to launch the the room we'll talk about the the pros and cons of being in puerto rico adrian's been there a long time we can he can be the uh the ringleader of it definitely excellent great oh you're a true i must not like paying taxes kind of guy if you live in puerto rico he's contributing to the economy in a very productive way got it
2: (laughs) absolutely i mean i'm still spending money but it's going to private people and it's going to places of my choice isn't that what we all agree on that's exactly right that's right
0: i'm,
3: I'm right. on board
2: i hate paying taxes
0: <laughs> very good guys all right we'll all sign off there thank y'all
1: inflation see is see you time. next week thank you take care <laughs>